This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his artwork and some comics he has on uh, JonathanLamantia.com. Jonathan Lamantia, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey there, thanks for having me. Uh, we have a good show for you lined up uh, in our Retro Roundtable. We're going to be talking about uh, favorite monsters from throughout pop culture. I think this will be fun and another one of those categories I can't believe we've overlooked for so and long. And it needs mm-hmm. to be like a multi-part sequence because oh, I can think yeah. enough to fill two hours right off the rip here and right. just one-fourth of what's going on here. <laughs> and after having a look at some of your artwork there, Jonathan, it looks like you might be uh, this might be right up your alley. Yeah, if I can, if I can remember everything, <laughs> I was like, when you when you sent me the uh, the notes, I'm like, oh god, my brain needs to work now. <laughs> we try to uh, bring that down as much as possible. We want as little uh, brain activity good. around here as <laughs> possible. Then I'm your man. <laughs> then in our comic vault, a few books we'll be talking about. Jake, what do you got there? I've got Hero Squad by B and C Comics Incorporated. Very cool, Jack. What do you have? The Dick from the Free Comic Book Day. Oh, yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I am going to be talking about a little comic here called Neon Joe, Werewolf Hunter. And a lot of you people might recognize that as the uh, Adult Swim show. And uh, this was sent to us by Adult Swim. And it's to promote the, what, second season? It's it's a five-part miniseries that's starting uh, May 22nd through the 26th. Be sure to check that out. We'll be reviewing this comic. Uh, Lots of Neon Joe goodness to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Jonathan and talk about all of his artwork and comics and his website. Uh, but before we dig any deeper, we decided that it's probably best to be sharing our social media info <laughs> at the beginning of an episode. It makes sense. It makes perfect okay. sense. So, Jake, without further ado. All right. So uh, now speaking to the whole audience instead of the, like, one-fifth that stayed through <laughs> the whole thing, be sure to follow us on all our uh, social networking. Twitter, at CannedAirPod. Our Instagram, at Canned underscore Air. We've got lots of great pictures, jokes, links to fun things. Our YouTube page is blowing up right now, or at least that's the plan. We've got new stuff on the way just as frequently as we can churn it out. Um, mm-hmm. Be sure to visit our merch page, Society6 backslash Podcast. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Help keep yes, us, you know, visible. One. Yeah, yeah. Word of mouth helps, but we also like digital help mm-hmm. if possible. And it's crazy how much those reviews help us out. It makes a huge like, difference. It really it yeah. pushes us into the light. So, and it costs you nothing. Yeah, would be much appreciated. Yeah. So, with that, uh, let's turn our full attention to our retro roundtable. Try it. Do it again. I did with it. a little more. Let me try and a little retro more. Round yeah, do like it. my balls have dropped already. And we'll do, it, do it like uh, like Captain Marvel would do right. it or something. And with that behind us, let's get right into the retro roundtable. Show me what you got. What you have got? Grass. bad. Yeah. Not cool. Disqualified. Very well done, Jake. Very well done indeed. All right. Favorite monsters from throughout pop culture. Uh, That would be Nosferatu, Jeremy. Oh, okay. Very good choice there. Thank you. I knew it was going to be a vampire. Like, that was a given. I was like, Dracula for Jake. A vampire? (laughs) The vampire. The vampire. Yes, very good. Very good. What about you, Jonathan? You know, uh, I was thinking about it, and uh, I mean, honestly, for me, it's it's a really random one, but uh, the... uh, One of the ones that had the biggest effect on me uh, as far as growing up was uh, Pumpkinhead. Oh, no kidding. 
from, from the film. And that's just because of it caught me like at the perfect time for its design. It was such a unique design with the the stilt legs that they made for it, and it, it just blew me away. I, I, it, it was such a fun movie, and the uh, um, the back, and it was you know it's such a a great thing that it was like we can have a, a character that has it seems like it has a great long history to it, but it's a it's a totally new thing. So it, it felt like it had a lot, and of course, I, I mean, I saw it really young, so the '80s. Like the, the the actors in it didn't seem <laughs> as big of a deal. I totally forgot about that character. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those but, things you don't hear about very often. But looking back, everyone can still be like, "Oh yeah, Pumpkinhead for and sure." Thinking about it, right? It doesn't really have a pumpkin for a head. It's just it's like kind it's, of that has something to do with the backstory. I have no idea yeah. what any of yeah. you are talking <laughs> about. Pumpkinhead. I just am picturing the uh, uh, Return to Oz thing. You're wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or the or Mar Mar from uh, Sandman. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember catching a glimpse of that when I was really young. I was like, Pumpkinhead, that sounds silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I turn it on, and this thing snarls and jumps directly at the screen. And I'm oh, like, and I'm done. I'm fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what about you? Toothless the Dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. I've never seen it. Oh, that's such a good movie. I still have not seen that either. Have you seen it, Jake? <laughs> really? No, no, I haven't. Is that what you watch when your vagina's hurting you? And you need <laughs> yes. something to calm yeah, you down a little? <laughs> yeah. I think that was on the other night, actually. On There's TV. two of them. There's also a series on Netflix that was oh. not as good, but it was still okay. But he's just the coolest pet best friend. He's kind of caddish. Do you remember that giant toothless at, um... Yeah. Okay, good, because yeah. I can't remember if it was Cleveland or Cincinnati. But uh, he was in both of them, I think. Oh, sweet. Why he gets yeah, right. I think the scale is way off. He's way, Where did we see that? That was in Cincinnati, right? right? The first time we saw it, but he was at Cleveland this this year. It was like a yeah. charity photo op kind of thing. Yeah, you got to pay oh, 20 bucks yeah, to go yeah. sit on his back, or you can stand there and get a picture. Bucks? Next to 20 yeah, bucks, and you two can get, like, you know, herpes or whatever gets smeared on the back of that thing. <laughs> Gross. Children infested with herpes being sat on the back. You never know, dragon. man. This is Cleveland and or Cincinnati. Either one fits the jokes. So. Oh, I think man. Was, uh, I was at that Cincinnati you got to lay show. off Cleveland, uh, brother. Yeah, it was a good show. <laughs> it's just, you know, Clevelanders or Cincinnatians. Cincinnatiers. Yeah. What, is the herpes Cincinnati. ratio higher in the city? That, I'm willing to put money down on that. Yeah, <laughs> there drops a bunch of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland, Cincinnati, just two out all at the, the same season. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't even. I guess we are a local enough focused show that we could be. I could be pissing off like an yeah. important demographic right now. <laughs> the Game Fix guys are like, they don't, we don't have herpes. <laughs> yeah. We love Cleveland. We love Cincinnati. It's all in, I love Cleveland more than I love Cincinnati, but they're both good cities. What, what were we, we talking about? So bad. <laughs> Monsters. <sighs> Jeremy, I don't think you've gone yet. No. No. Um, okay. This One of my favorite monsters that I remember is, I mean, it's not scary in any way. It's just, since I love toys, I mean, obviously, look behind me sure. here. Towering uh, shelves For of the toys. listeners at home, there is a towering shelf yes. of toys behind you. If it were to fall, it would surely kill me right now. And you <laughs> would die the way you lived. I really would. I would be happy that yeah. to die that That'd way. That'd be the way to go, wouldn't it? But speaking of toys and monsters, my pet monster. Remember that thing? Yes. I don't. No, he was blue. He yeah. had great big yeah. fangs. And he had these. That's like, the one with uh, Fred. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Durst. Wonder Years. Fred Savage. 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 I remember Fred Savage with my pet monster. I gotta look it up. Keep talking. <laughs> Were you thinking of a, of a different movie? The one with Howie Mandel? Uh, that was Little Monster. Little Monster. Right? That's right. like the blue yeah. horned, oh. horrible. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was the worst. The more that he got away from his home or something yeah, like that, he started yeah. turning like into a monster himself. It's like if they stayed in the monster realm long yeah. enough, they were monsters. I just saw a picture of it. Oh, I am way off. Yeah, it's Fred Savage is in Little, in Monster. Little yeah. Monsters. Okay, I'm sorry. I swear oh. though, I has I swear I saw that dude holding one of those in bed. In <laughs> Princess Bride. I remember being really young and uh, watching Little Monsters with my grandmother. <laughs> Something about it just didn't compute for her. Was this this old woman, she's watching this thing like Howie Mandel. He's tall. I guess it was the fact that the children were the quote little monsters didn't really make sense to her. And she's watching. She's like, no, that 
they're not little at all, are they? <laughs> no, Nana, they're, they're not little. They're just monsters. <laughs> oh, my God, that's perfect. Oh, man, that, how old was I? Was like, that's beside the point. It was a long time ago. That's good. You guys remember that Nickelodeon show, Ah, Real Monsters? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. stand that one. You didn't like yeah. it? The one with the, uh, he held his eyes in his yeah. He's my favorite crowd. But he had that I thought armpit cool. hair. Yeah, that's hilarious. gave me the creep. That it was, was so gross. freaking nasty. He was the yeah. best. Because if he ever had to manipulate objects, you know, with his hands, he had to put his eyes in his mouth or, like, yeah. set them on the coffee table. I'm totally, like, with both of you. I loved him. He was a cool character, but that did bug You me. didn't like the armpit hair? <laughs> no, it was gross. Like, why do we need that? I remember Oblina always scared me. But, like, that's his whole thing is he looked like he was sculpted out of human flesh somehow, you know? It's mm-hmm. like the rest were, like, purple or blue or, you know, look at the grumbled and they wear, like, high heels or something. They had, like, that fingernail of a nose. I just remember that. Maybe one. I that's remember all I of this because I didn't have a lot of friends, yeah. but <laughs> you guys were probably healthy and socially active. Mm, I, I no. can't say that, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> Lots of cartoons. But yeah, We're starting off with a conversation about monsters. I'm pretty sure that that's all out the window. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about you, Jonathan? Another monster. There were a couple of movies that uh, that I would uh, that I watched. Uh, Night of the Demons uh, was a big one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that one. And you go back and watch that, and it's not really scary at all. Uh, same uh, Fright Night is a is a lot of fun. There's I, I think a class of 1999 is another one that I saw, uh, and so like uh, you know, like a, a couple of movies solidified my love of like robots and monsters. Uh, it was like that and Terminator, uh, Pumpkinhead, Terminator. But the I never like I I, I missed a lot of the like the classic uh, like the Universal monster movies. I never really got mm. into those until later. Um, and they they never they never really had a bigger as big of an impact on me as you know like uh, like the Freddy Krueger whom I don't necessarily consider a monster but he's definitely up there. He's monstrous. Uh, yeah, he's sure. monstrous yeah. for sure. A monstrous um, humanoid, per se. It's uh, it's one of those things that uh, the '80s horror genre was it was more of an impact on me than um, than the class monsters. You get those kind of, like, general monsters, like in Night of the Demons, where, like, they're demons by name, but their M.O. is pretty much just, like, shamble toward and eat people. You know, but, totally, like, that yeah. worked for that genre. And, uh, and but all the, the guys that made those movies were heavily influenced by, like, the EC Comics monsters and the and the Universal monsters. Um, and so, like, I, I kind of had to backtrack a lot by uh, finding the influence of the people that influence me as a as a young uh, a kid or young adult that's a long answer with no <laughs> no you answered well and uh, you can edit that, that up however you like no you answered well and you threw some in there that i wasn't even thinking of like, terminator's a great terminator's a perfect uh candidate for this category it, it would, would never occur to me but that's what it is it's, it's I mean, almost like in it's, the oh, yeah. it's you got you've got this uh this like the genre of movies that's like unstoppable killing machines yeah. yeah and they're i mean they're really they were these filmmakers that were trying to kind of one-up the monster genre by creating forces of nature you know like you had jaws and uh, uh, Terminator and I mean Michael Myers is not considered like a monster per se but he is a force of nature and and that that kind of thing like you know for the first one and you know arguably the second one where he's like really taken seriously mm-hmm. uh, in in the films you've got uh, you know you've got movies to kind of back that up cinematically and then you know as the series progresses I mean even the first Nightmare on Elm Street it's it's taken a lot more seriously, and I love the the nightmare films throughout, but for very di- different reasons. <laughs> oh yeah, Dream <laughs> Warriors, those get crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think Friday the Thirteenth gets nuts? Yeah, Freddy Krueger movies oh. get nuts. There's got to be like a like a function, a graph of like amount of alcohol or other intoxicants consumed to how much you enjoy the various nightmares on Elm Street. One that I really enjoy. I mean. Enjoyed as much as you can enjoy any of the Nightmare sequels, but was, uh, oh, what was it called? Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That, I love that concept. Like, it was the actress from the first movie. Sure. Like, they had thought about and believed in Freddy so much that it actually brought him to right. life. And 
that was a good like that was a really good bookend for the series uh, i mean until they did the you know the kind of hodgepodge of uh freddy versus jason but that was well, yeah. that was a good, yeah like that was a good one to, to bookend nightmare uh yeah. by bringing back all the you know the originals and it, it really did work uh, really well, and I, I really enjoyed that one too. Didn't they change him a little bit in the new nightmares? Like his claws yeah, were actually made, like a big claw like instead yeah. of knives. Badass. They uh, they redid his claw. They gave him like this big trench coat. Like he he looked really menacing. And they, right. the best of that is they they brought Robert England to play himself and made him very uh, like he because Robert England's just a sweet dude anyway. Like he's really nice and he's like you know they have these scenes where he's interacting with the fans and then he's like talking about how freddy krueger is sort of like in his dreams and and he's painting him and it's it's a really cool thing and it's it's got uh like that came out around the same time as uh in the mouth of madness so you had two movies that's a great one uh it kind of mirrored that idea of reality kind of bending in on itself and and like fiction becoming reality becoming fiction and like those two movies hit me like at a, at a great time for like <laughs> screwing up in that that way. It was really cool how they did that. Um, American Horror Story Roanoke did something very similar where you watched like half the season, and then yeah, yeah. The, the next episode that comes out makes it like what you had just watched was all a fictional show within that world. It was a ballsy move. It like was. I knew it worked. I need to get caught up on, on all of those. I actually, I think I've only gotten like through season two. Which one's the carnival one? Three? Four, how many are there? There's four or five. Because it was, there was the house and then there was the it's asylum. Three. Freak oh, no. Show, hotel, and Roanoke. Season two then. Ugh. Uh, the Asylum's the best season, I think, though. That one had it That's all. It's got says. Nazis, it's got aliens, it's got mutants. It's got all things that are good. Really? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched the first few, but, like, the Freak Show one started good, but it got really... Freak Show kind of soured on Fell me. off, and I never could get into the Hotel one, but... Hotel wasn't my favorite. Roanoke was amazing. It was cool. I, I watched every one I'm, of those. I'm really into that, like evil forest concept yeah. like old powers you know things that have been I there you know, some, yeah, yeah yeah some subverted natural force now I, there's a concept to me there's a monster for you the butcher oh my god that was not Kathy Bates right, butcher, right. <laughs> but the one the at the end butcher. Billy yeah. the butcher <laughs> Billy, Billy Butcherson. Butcherson. Hey, there's another monster. Yeah. <laughs> Butcher Pete, he's still hacking and whacking. Who? It's a song. It's a song. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, here's one that um, I never oh, was really... Pyramid Head. Oh, throw that one out. Yeah. yeah, Silent Hill. Who? Pyramid Head. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. We saw a girl dressed up as... We did, at yeah. The yeah. Con. We went yeah what a, what a horrible you introduction. Like a lot of a lot of Pyramid Heads at conventions now, and it's really fun to get pictures with them and then tr- see them try to walk around <laughs> yeah it's dedication it's, for sure it's not a, that is not an easy costume to, to to walk in not practical i can't remember who it was but i saw on uh instagram i think it was i thought that was a dedication level and it is I, but I, until i saw that somebody went to a con dressed as peg and al bundy and we're hauling uh, that, that- that was at C2E2. They, uh, they yeah. brought the couch out, and I missed Hauling it. the couch around. Yeah. Just Good put the Lord. couch in the middle of the foyer, and then they just sat there. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is fantastic. That's dedication. Oh, now, you have to plan on abandoning that couch, oh, right? Sure. I mean, you don't, like, we got to make sure we get this back to the car. I mean, I don't leave it. I would. Yeah. Unless they plan on doing it again. What if the convention does? Damn it, they left a couch here. <laughs> Another couch? <laughs> if that cosplay catches on, conventions are going to have a real problem on their hands. Yeah. People leaving their couches here and there. Well, <laughs> somebody fun. raises the bar and then someone <laughs> goes right. higher and higher, so it'll be crazy to see what happens next. Before long, someone's going to come dressed as a couch, and they're just going to have fake owl and <laughs> carrying them around. It's like a subversion of that one. I'm sorry, I didn't articulate that well because oh. it was so funny to me as I was thinking about it. Right, right. What else we got? Whose turn is it? You know, I already said Nosferatu. Dracula is right up there. You know, I love the Universal Monsters. And as much as I love Dracula, I think my favorite Universal Monster is probably the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm. Just because what a cool oh, yeah. costume that is. Yeah, yeah. 
I realized I was about to also mention one just a little bit ago before we got off on Pyramid Head was, uh, again, I've never really liked these movies, but Tremors. The idea oh, of yes. those things oh, yeah. are always Graboids. terrifying. Like, yeah. you're never, you're not safe anywhere. They can come up anywhere. Especially if you, like, you've lived in the West or Southwest where the whole world yeah. around you is just flat sand, mm-hmm. you know? Where do you run? Where do you go? Nowhere. You screwed. Yeah. There's a good enough monster to make, what, eight sequels to it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, a, and a television show. Really? Oh, yeah, oh, it, it did. did. Yeah. It did. Oh, they, they, had, uh, they had a show. They had several sequels. I, I jumped off at the third one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I am more than likely going to watch all of it at some point. Huh. Dedication. <laughs> but uh, Gremlins. Gremlins. Are good. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little gizmo and the, the good ones and themselves. the bad ones. Yeah. Which always confused me when I was younger because I was an idiot when I was a child. And it's like, don't feed them after midnight. I'm like, well, it's going to be midnight somewhere in the world right now. You know, it just never really occurred to me. Six o'clock in the morning that, is after midnight. I'm not sure that makes you an idiot. I think that makes you ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah, I suppose. Or non-functional. It's called suspension of disbelief, kid. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't suspend it. <laughs> Much as I'd like to try. What about, like, monster, like, families? Like, the monsters in the Adams family. Which... Speaking of which, with their their coexistence, like seems odd to me. Yeah, don't yeah, you think? I, like whoever created the Adams family, one of them was a copycat. Yeah, yeah. But who was it? Who came first? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was. I want to say it was family. Adams. Yeah. Was it? Pretty Pretty sure I mean, Monsters movie. does seem like the knockoff. It seems like the Kmart version. Yeah. The, the... I I like the Monsters a lot. But I think the thing that appeals to me about the Adams family is that they're just humans who are really morbid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something about that is funnier. The to monsters me. just kind of carried on a normal life with yeah. little like like haunted laced jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what I mean? It was basically Lots a sitcom. Of puns. Very a punny, of puns. very punny. Yes, and always based around what they were monsters and Halloween. Where mm-hmm. the Adams family is just grim. Like yeah. that was awesome. I love that. Even though they had a severed hand running around all over the place. <laughs> I love that thing and when some I was young. Thing that can speak. Was they didn't have that in the original TV show, did they? Thing? thing? Oh yeah. Did they? Yeah, it was just a like a, there'd be a, a just jewelry a box. box. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the movies that they actually made it come out and run around. Had enough money place. to like oh, yeah. simulate. Well, what else we got, guys? Anything? I'm not going to go on and on about it because I could if you let Vampires? me. Vampires. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Sure. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. One episode down, you're already Jesus. Only yeah, let's talk here. about Jimmy Buffett. Let's talk about how I enjoy a cheeseburger in paradise now and then. No, um, I'm I not going to go one on. Of the about songs it. over the weekend, and all I could do is shake my head and say, <laughs> "Sure." <laughs> you don't understand, man. You're not a parrot head. That's what, they, that's what they call Buffett fans. I didn't come up with it. Hellraiser, Pinhead, and the oh, Cenobites. Okay, yeah. Love oh, those. yeah, yeah. Probably the pinnacle monster. Of oh, monsters, I guess those right? were the the movie monsters that got me into horror movies. Mm-hmm. I was definitely afraid of horror until I saw Hellraiser. When I was sexually. I like that. That's that's the one that they're like. Well, well, these guys look friendly. I'll watch them. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think I've probably told this story on the show. I come from a family that loves horror, and I, for whatever reason, was born a pansy. I just couldn't handle it. Any suspense or frightening images, I had no patience for it. Then one Halloween. I was I was with my family and I got the flu. I was like deathly sick, so I was like half you conscious. Die anyway, might as well. Work right, this. I was half conscious on the couch. <laughs> my family sits down. They're like, "Here's what's up." They're playing all the Hellraiser, Hellraiser movies back to back right now. So you either want to like try and fall asleep or see if you can crawl yourself upstairs. And I just stayed there on the couch and I watched like the first three Hellraiser movies and like that submersion therapy. Immersion, not submersion. Mm-hmm. Immersion therapy. And I came out the other end totally into horror. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Now it's like the foundation of It's all my fun interests. to, like, that quickly latch onto something. Yeah, yeah it's on. crazy. Yeah. That's fun. I like how, because ending on Hellraiser 3 is like, it, I love a lot of Hellraiser 3, but man, that is not a favorite. No. <laughs> for a lot of people. If it had it's just got a lot of fun to... parts. But it's, uh, I mean, it's not as, and I even liked uh, Bloodlines too. Uh, but uh, man, they got some bad sequels in there. It's a real shame that it just kind of limply carried on the way it did. How many yeah. Uh, yeah. sequels are there? Oh, I don't know. 
Like, I want to say nine. How many Final oh, Fantasies like, are there? Because really? there's there's um. I actually just watched the last one, the one that was uh, the the one that Doug Bradley wasn't even in uh, for Pinhead, and I you know it's not as bad as I was expecting. Uh, it's it's weird because uh, they kind of do a retelling of the of the mythos, and it's 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 low budget, and so it's. It's one of those things, if it were to have come out as, like, the third one and, like, none of the other ones, if you weren't already bogged down with the the <laughs> pile that you had already slogged through, through to get there, it wouldn't be that bad. But this one was just like, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's that then. Yeah. Uh, Hell, the Hell, World, uh, Hell World is still probably the, the, the worst, but because uh, it's the one where they go into a... Uh, a video game for Hellraiser fans. <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's so bizarre. We did that in um, Friday too, though. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. they? they went to a Even that game. title, Hell World, is hell not its hell own world. place? Yeah, no, it's, it's like saying it's America really, Land. Well, hell World is the, the world <laughs> in the video game that it's it's sort of like taking a 90s approach in a movie that was made in the mid 2000s. <laughs> I do remember seeing like that movie. About chat, chat rooms and stuff. <laughs> right. I kind of wish I could play that game, though. I saw it and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool if there was like a Hellraiser MMO. It was just like some spooky, you know, kind of. It was. I'm rambling. It's own soundbite style video game. There are so many good ideas for MMOs out there that'll just never see the light of day. It's too bad. I will say that. So one of the other movies that really made a big impact on me was uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, the first, the first one. Oh sure. Oh yeah, we gotta mention uh, zombies in this, I guess, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably the, the most popular monster out there, right? Yeah. Certainly the most like, yeah, popular is the word. Because <laughs> uh, I think that it's one of those ones where you can sort of, prior to Walking Dead, like it, it was, uh, it was really easy to sort of just say like it's a. Uh, an allegory for a lot of things. Currently, I don't really know what people personify zombies as other than they're just fun. But prior to that, with like the original Romero trilogy and then a little bit further on with Return of the Living Dead, uh, there was a lot of kind of fun stuff you could do with it. I still love drawing zombies, but I'm a little zombie now as far as like pop culture. So any anytime there's a a new zombie spin on something I'm like ooh that's kind of cool um, there's a movie um, uh, Wormwood which actually is a lot of fun it was on Netflix I don't know if it's still on there but uh, they did a, a lot of fun stuff with, with zombies um, and it, it's very comic book uh, style like the first half hour I'm like okay this is pretty run of, run of mill zombie stuff and like they get to this point where it turns and you're like oh okay this is pure comic book stuff. Right. I'm in. It's funny how zombies uh, have stayed on their throne of popularity for so long. You know, yeah. typically stuff go comes and goes. And but the just... approach to zombies has changed. Like there was a time mm-hmm. zombies could be the main course. You know, Return mm-hmm. of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, all of that. Zombies were the attraction. You saw a zombie, that was something worth seeing. Now zombies are almost like the the, the like a vehicle for something else. At this point, yeah, I can see that. You know, it's it's like it's like you mentioned, John, where it's like, what do they personify anymore? I don't even think we're supposed to be afraid of zombies anymore because it started out, you know, are you afraid of conformity? Are you afraid of your fellow man? This, that, right. the other. Right. Now you're just supposed to, I think, it's like fantasizing about killing people with no consequences. You're saying they're like seasoning, yeah, kind and that's of and that's <laughs> the, the tough part I have with, with The Walking Dead as long form storytelling, and it, it's tough because I really appreciate what it did for the genre for both horror and for comics. But uh, a story like that without an ending is really uh, an exercise in depression. It's really exhausting. Because you don't, you don't get uh, a relief to uh, reflect on the storytelling. Whereas with Romero, I mean, granted, Romero also tripped up in that regard by doing a bunch more stories himself. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, the, the original trilogy, and I'm a huge Romero fan, so that's not like that's one of those frustrating things. Like I love his work, and um, like, but the original uh, trilogy that he had uh, for it's like for me, like I have you know Star Wars fans have the original trilogy. I have like I have my original trilogy for the uh, Night of Living Dead films, 
And those are ones that were supposed to represent different stages of culture and reflection on it. Uh, and it's it's weird seeing that sort of mirror just continuously being held up to society and society being like, eh. It's the message is lost at this point. It's Yeah. But I still love them. They're, they're really fun to draw. It's <laughs> 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 just kind of frustrating. Uh, and, I, and I commend anybody that's able to, to actually create a story that, that does um, do good things with, it, with a message like that, uh, or, or even just make it fun again. Uh, right. Like, uh, uh, what is it? The uh, uh, brain's just fell on that. Somebody else uh, can, can prattle on if they want while I look something up. Okay. <laughs> Well, one monster has to be mentioned really quick while he's looking this up is uh, Godzilla. Oh, man. Monster oh, yeah. monsters, right? Uh, that whole kaiju world, you know? It wasn't until I saw that last one with Brian Cranston, which, which wasn't, like, really, like, over-the-top good or anything, you know? but it really, for the first time, portrayed the scale of the monster. I thought that was a nice... There was that element of... And when he was breathing that, like, that radiation <laughs> stuff, I mean, that was, that was cool. Was and I thought, just what would you do? I mean, all you can do is run and just watch, you know? And, and you know, I that's... I still haven't seen the, the newest one. Has anybody... Have you guys yeah, seen Yeah, it's uh, good. It's good. You should watch it. And I tell you what, Kong, I, uh, Skull Island, it ties into yeah, the Yeah, a lot of good stuff about Kong, and I really need to see that as well. Yeah, me too. Deathgasm well, is the movie that I was thinking of. Put that out there. Which, which that one is a lot of... I'm not familiar with it. It is. Uh, it was on Netflix. If it's not anymore, it's. It is just a fun like uh, metal horror movie, and that's that's kind of those things. Like uh, when I see horror movies that are put together on a, you know, it's a, it's it's lower budget, but it's it's by people that like love the genre and they just wanted to put a, a fun movie out. But they're you know, it's like it respects the genre and then adds to it. And uh, Deathgasm is one of those movies that is just like it's it's really cool and it's fun to watch and I hope I hope they do get money for a sequel. Turbo Kid did that to an extent too. Like I actually found the Turbo Kid soundtrack before I saw the movie. It's um, a great soundtrack. Which, oh, it's fantastic. And it, it was I was really blown away with how violent the movie was because <laughs> the the movie was like kind of it's it's sort of marketed as like a throwback film. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be fun." And then it's super gory. But it's it's still a lot of fun. Um, but both of those movies I, I really enjoyed. Very cool. Uh, and uh, Deathgasm is one of those like uh, in kind of in keeping with monsters, the monsters theme. It sort of uh, that that eighties metal monster movie where like the loner kid would summon a, a demon metal guy or something like a uh, trick or treat, black roses kind of stuff. The gate also had a lot of. Uh, oh, that uh, was a good one. Stuff in there and the gate, the gate. Yeah, I don't know. Movies to check Uh, out to add to my list. But all right, are we are we good guys on the? I think we've got a a pretty full featured roundtable. I would say so. I would say so. We'll have to touch on this category again, though. We obviously missed a lot. So let's swing open the door to the comic vault here. Uh, Who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. Go first. I got from the free comic book day selection the tick. It's actually a two-parter, if you haven't is read it, it yet. Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, there's two different stories, but I'm just going to talk about the one because I liked it better. And it's called Happy Birthday Tick. It starts out at a birthday party. Parents are singing happy birthday to their kid when all of a sudden, Crash, Arthur, and Tick crash into the party with a bunch of ants. Giant ants. <laughs> of course. <laughs> a birthday party is complete without ants. And Arthur apologizes, you know, sorry to rain on your parade. And meanwhile, Tick's throwing them out the hole in the wall saying get out of here you little scamps <laughs> setting the ants free and the dad's like oh no big deal you know you live in the city long enough you're gonna about to see giant you'll see giant ants at some time mm-hmm. and they say have some cake and Arthur, arthur's like no we are not we're not gonna take your cake and uh takes like well what about the children then he starts going on talking about how it's good to celebrate birthdays because all there is in life is pretty much just living and then death. And next thing you know, the kid's crying and Arthur's like, well, we'll take our cake to go. And on their way home, the tick's talking about how it's not very often that you see birthdays that they kind of disappear. And Arthur's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you see kids have birthdays, but you don't see uh, adults having them. 
Where do they disappear? What happened to your birthday? And Arthur's like, we just don't celebrate them. And he's like, well, what do you do for your birthday? He's like, usually I cry. (laughs) (laughs) So Arthur starts asking Tick about his birthday and when he was born. And he's like, I don't remember being born. I've just always been. So they decide that they're going to have a birthday party for Tick. And Tick's sitting there trying to fill out his list to invite people. And uh, Arthur's like, so how's it coming with the list? He's like, well, we're not running out of room. Will you come to my birthday party? And he's the only one on the list. And he's like, come on, can't you think of anyone, like any of the superheroes that, you know, we've had memories with, that we've done anything? So Tick starts brainstorming, and all he's thinking about is all the villains that he's had memories with. So he invites the Terror, one of the biggest Tick villains there is. And they send him, he sends him the invitation, he shows up at their party, and it ends with Tick fighting him, saying, we should do this every year. <laughs> Oh, the tick. You gotta love him. <laughs> That's uh, Jeff McClellan right there. Yeah. Good on you, Jeff. Another That's our good boy Jeff. tick comic. What's that? That's our boy Jeff. That is, that is. Very good. You want to go next? Yeah, I will. I've got uh, Hero Squad, issue one, BNC Comics. It also says WTF on the front, so I'm a little confused. I don't know if it's BNC Comics or WTF that does it, but Hero Squad by Very Brennan good. Gilpatrick. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'll bet it does. <laughs> wow, terrific fun. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Hero Squad by Brennan Gilpatrick and Callie Burnt, a couple of friends of my girlfriend. Go figure. And nice. um, it opens up on a general. I would, I would even wager the the primary general of the United States, the leader of our military operations, going to this space station. I believe it's called the Icarus in near orbit, where some scientists have developed a gateway through which they can communicate with an intelligent extra, extraterrestrial species, calling itself the Aboth, A B H O T H. And the whole time the general's going on about it, like, you're wasting taxpayer money. What are the military applications of this communication between worlds? You know, very standard, but that's kind of the vibe they're going for. And I say, no, trust me, general, uh, this, this is the most significant advancement in human science, which is fair. You know, now we know we're not alone. They activate the gateway, and one scaly, tentacled, predatory-looking creature walks out. He's like... Hey, guys. <laughs> Just, like, really nonchalant. <laughs> They're like, are you an ambassador of the Aboth? He's like, no, no, no. I am the Aboth. Like, what do you mean? It's like, I'm, that's me. I'm Aboth. I'm like, oh, well, you must be very powerful to be able to communicate between worlds like that. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally am. And he holds out his hand and disintegrates the crew of the space station. <laughs> <laughs> the general gets away, and he calls back to Earth. And he's like, nuke the station now. It's like, aren't you on the station? Nuke it nuke the station. So they blow up the station, but this Aboth creature survives the re-entry and lands in the Nevada desert. So what does America do? They call up the Hero Squad from their headquarters in Los Angeles, featuring such well-known heroes as Lasso Lass. She is a woman with a lasso. Uh, the Mauve Torch, who is a light purple, lavenderish, flame-manipulating person. Mauve. Mauve. Mauve Torch. The Mauve Torch. Uh, Rocco, who's kind of an orcish-looking guy. And Captain Hero, your standard, you know, charismatic Superman. No, 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 no. Exactly, yeah. So they go to face this Aboth creature. They're like, you know, halt right there, evil doer. We're not going to let you, yada, yada, yada. And this is told from, like, a severely wounded Mauve Torch. Mauve? Mauve. Mauve Torch, who's, like, being interrogated by the police after all this. He's like, tell us how it happened, kid. He walks up there. Captain Hero throws a punch. Aboth grabs his arm, rips it clean out of its socket, and then punches directly through his head. Uh, Grabs Rocco, the orcish thing-looking guy, pulls him cleanly in half. (laughs) And the fight is essentially over from that point forward. I don't think Lasso Lass even tries to get involved, which is... He just ran. Understandable. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's it. So you're introduced to this hero squad, and uh, immediately they are... (laughs) Obliterated. So it was funny. I well, enjoyed that's it. What the WTF means? On yeah, that. I guess. Yeah, it was a really quick read. Um, I thought it was it was pretty funny how they handled the creature. He's got a he's got a good personality. Very um, what's the word? Very casual in the way he handles hmm. ripping people limb from limb. I'll have to check it out again. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, Jonathan, would you like to go next? Um, I uh, actually did not have any uh, comics on hand because okay. I am traveling. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm based out of Chicago right now, but I'm in Boston uh, at the moment. 
But I, I mean, I can give shout out to a couple of books that I think that folks should be reading at some point. Uh, sure. uh, Not Away is a is a really fantastic book that came out last year. Uh, it's uh, it's one, it was probably one of the, my favorite things that that came out. Um, and I met uh, Josh uh, Cotter, uh, which I really hope I'm saying his name right, um, at a show, and he's a super nice dude. And it is uh, it is part one in I believe a six volume uh, series, and it mixes science fiction and horror and um, philosophy, and and it's just a beautiful looking book. And I can't I really am looking forward to the next couple of volumes. Uh, so those can't come soon enough. Uh, he's he's working on those uh, right now. And there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure I'll think of a bunch of other ones right after you start talking about the next thing. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's the magic of the comic book. Right. Awesome. Very cool. What was that called one more time? Uh, not Away. Not Away. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Well, the book I'm going to be talking about this week is, um, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode... We came home to find a package from Adult Swim that had a comic in it for Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter, which is supposed to be a foot-in, like a quick prequel into what is going to be, I guess, Season 2, which is a five-part mini-series that's going to be on Adult Swim, May 22nd through the 26th, this upcoming week. So, uh, I had never heard of him. Had you? No. I had had seen a few episodes back in the day, and it is a treat. It really is. Yeah. We uh, we got on AdultSwim.com and watched an episode really quick. Uh, it looks like you can watch the whole first season for free on there. Yeah. They're good about that at Adult Swim. Yeah, they really are. So, uh, well, yeah, I watched an episode and was hooked. I had no idea this existed. So I'm excited to uh, finish the rest of Season 1 and uh, check out uh, next week's Season 2 or five-part miniseries. Again, Adult Swim at midnight, uh, May 22nd through the 26th. But what this uh, comic opens up with is uh, Neon Joe out in the field with a couple of his comrades. He has a six-shooter in his hand. He just aims at the sky at a, like a passing-by spaceship and pulls the trigger. And you watch this trigger as it trails behind the spaceship and through a window, down the hallway, and right between the eyes of a werewolf that's in captivity. It's like it the best be shot anyone's ever made. What's he say when he shoots, though? What's he saying? It's like you choose the math. math. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you gotta have that Louisiana accent, Cajun accent. I can't do that accent. (laughs) (laughs) After that scene, he's uh, talking to his comrades, saying about how you know it's time for me to give up the werewolf hunting game and to follow my dream, which is pretty much looks like opening a bar like in a tropical setting. So he sets off, and it says several years later, and it shows his establishment open. It's called. What is that? Oahu. Oahu Joe's. And uh, it shows him behind the counter and a few barflies sitting around. But he's complaining about how business isn't uh, going well. And he's wiping a glass while thinking about wrestling this huge vampire. Werewolf. Werewolf. Why do I keep doing that? Werewolf. And uh, in a lot the, of werewolf talk early in the show. Yeah, right? Uh, vampire. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But then in the door walks uh, a person that... What was his name? Something. Was it Plaid Jeff? That's the one. Plaid Jeff walks the in the door. The counterpart to Neon Joe, obviously. <laughs> Which was the, yeah, like the next best werewolf hunter next to Neon Joe. And now that Neon Joe stepped down, he's the big shot. And he stops by to gloat a little bit and rub it in his face. Joe just kind of looks at him and says, you know... If you want to gloat about being the best only by default, go right ahead. That's fine by me. And just kind of pisses him off, you know. They had all come in after hours, like after they had been complaining about money being short and after the bar is close. And he's they're saying, you know, we'll give you 20, like 200 grand to keep the bar open for the night. And as much as he needs the money, he's like, no, not going to do it. And so the uh, one of the guys, the accomplices to Plaid Jeff, just sets the money on fire, and he sits there watching it burn. And it says to be continued in Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter. So it'll pick right up. Is that into the opening the of the season? It should be, yeah. 
So um, it was a lot of fun to read. It was really awesome of them to send that to us. But again, check out the series. It's going to be on Adult Swim, May 22nd through the 26th, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. At midnight. At midnight. Set the DVRs, people. This is some funny stuff. You don't want to miss it. It's just a one-week episode? One-week series? One week. Five episodes every night. Yeah, nice. one episode every night. But, uh, yeah, after we watch it, we'll be uh, reviewing and talking about them on the oh, episode yeah. as well. So, And, you know, I think my favorite thing about Neon Joe is that he has NJWH tattooed on his neck. So in case you forgot his name and his occupation, <laughs> you need only look at that handy acronym. Oh, I think my he God. had it down the inside of his biceps, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, you know, he did. Like a line of wolfman heads. Yes. Like on his arm. He's so far. He's like a... Like a dog, kind of dog, the bounty yeah, dog hunter the kind of presence, yeah. you know. Y'all know who I am. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Y'all know where to find me. No, we no, don't. We don't. <laughs> awesome, Neon Joe, check it out. All right, well, let's turn our full attention over to Jonathan and talk about some of his artwork over at JonathanLamantia.com. Thanks again for being with us, Jonathan. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit about your style. We got on your website and we're looking around before the episode and we were just kind of like we sat here in awe for a second because there's a bunch of different styles, but very complicated styles. Some that like look like they had to have taken forever. One in particular, what was it called, Jake? Um, The style, the uh, very eldritch horror kind of angle that I love. Yeah, where is it? Right here. Number... Yeah, the Eldritch Horror. 14... That that was the the Eldritch Horror one? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was the actual name of it when you said it. I didn't know if you meant (laughs) the style or the name of the piece, but hey... I was going to say, good good call on pulling the name out for that one. (laughs) (laughs) How intricate, like, all the line work is in that. How long did it take you to do that piece? Uh, Yeah, so that one was... uh... Uh, actually, a commission. I got commissioned by uh, a company, uh, a guy uh, that uh, that does uh, uh, a, a small business of uh, creating custom boxes for uh, these uh, Lovecraft uh, board games, so Eldritch Horror and Arkham Horror. And we, uh, he did, found me through a, a mutual friend and asked me to do this one for uh, Eldritch Horror. And they're they're supposed to be laser etched on wood, and I asked him like, well, how detailed do you want? And he goes, go to town, go go real de- detailed. The laser will pick it up. And so I was like, okay. And uh, it was this one, and uh, I think the Arkham Horror one is on the website near it. It's like the the next row up. Um, and uh, so I I I ended up kind of getting I pushed up. Uh, tight deadlines for those so it was basically two weeks for both of those once the design got approved so those i kind of had to jam through quicker than i would have normally on them um like there's the the tyranny of the sun one i I spent like a a month just kind of whittling away on the the tree so to speak (laughs) and like just really kind of getting in the, the, the bark shading and then like a couple of rendering passes on that. And then uh, there's another one on here. Hopefully I put it up here. These are just um, fantastic. We're, we're looking at Arkham Horror right now, and I just love the separation and detail between the guy walking up and everything around him. There's like, I don't know, like, like in movement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, what, I am just, I'm really stuck on black and white imagery that's like super rich with detail i've got a very specific very hard to satisfy addiction to this type of thing so seeing all of this is is pretty excellent it's true he really You'll does enjoy my new <laughs> <books today>. yeah. <laughs> that's a They're safe bet black and white art. if you in fact your uh, your illustration it was the i see a color there was a color and a, a black and white version but it was hp lovecraft standing with his little eldritch tome open on a field of snapping mouths and tendrils actually been yeah. my uh, lock screen for a little while now Oh, cool! And that that was a collaboration, uh, a buddy of mine, and uh, it's got the, his info on the on the image. Um, Angel uh, Onofre, um, whom I'm always apologetic about, probably mispronouncing his name, uh, um, <laughs> but he's he's a guy I've tabled with at shows, and he's a he's a great guy and a, and a really fantastic artist. Uh, and he did Lovecraft in the center, and uh, and the Necronomicon, and then I did all the creatures surrounding him, uh, and. He did the coloring on the piece too, so like the the color, all the color on that, it's great, and that's all him. 
And uh, when we did finish the line art, he asked me, he goes, do you want me to color it? And I was like, yes, please, because coloring does not come naturally to me. I, I color all of the other pieces on, on my site, uh, and I, um, I like how they turn out, And but it is always a much, it's just, it's an alien process to me. I, I never grew up, like, coloring my stuff. It was always black and white stuff, so coloring is, like, trial and error <laughs> to the well it looks like the, black and white's working oops. just fine for you absolutely hey these are absolutely amazing the attention to detail is nuts so are you like do you just kind of exclusively do the horror thing are you just known as the horror guy what what is it about the monsters I, and the horror scene that you I like mean, to draw like i mean for me uh like i grew up on horror movies and uh i i wound up having more of a connection with horror movies because you could do um you could be more experimental with them uh, like initially i wanted to be a filmmaker and uh through the course of things uh wound up uh, uh i mean i've always uh, been an illustrator in some capacity i've always drawn uh i took uh, kind of a long break and then i, I got back into it um uh, seriously trying to get get better at things about uh, four or five years ago uh, and so the the horror genre has always been the, the thing that spoke to me like I, I like one of the, the first things that I have the earliest drawings that I actually have from when I was a kid is like a uh, a skeleton version of me drawing monsters. <laughs> oh wow! I, I have to find that uh, and and post it. it. It popped up in my on the stage thing on Facebook recently. Um, but I was like twelve. Like so, like ever ever since I can remember seeing horror movies, I was like, I want to do that, <laughs> whatever that is. I want to make that to to kind of get get in that sort of psyche of weirdness and because you can you can do a lot with them you can you can scare people and then immediately make them laugh and then you know because for me it's it's not just it's not always just straight horror it's uh there's a little bit of flavor of uh less of the stuff on on the website because i'm going through here but uh there's there's some if it's got a little bit of an error comedy like the ec like the classic EC comics always had that that sort of package that it wasn't just pure horror it was uh, horror with uh, you know humor uh, combined because sure. that for me straight uh, like pure horror is is it's just too much uh, it's got to have a little bit of breathing room but if you if you water down too much on the other side of it it's it's awkward <laughs> right. Now but, you you I uh, saw that you have some comics available as well, correct? So I have uh, some art books. I'm I'm actually contributing to a couple of different uh, uh, zines and um, okay uh, comics for pinups right now. Okay, um, I was wondering about got, that. Uh, uh, and I, I have two new art books: uh, uh, one called uh, Dark Hardware, and one called um, uh, Out of My Mind. And those just went to. Uh, they premiered at uh, or debuted at uh, C2E2, and I'll have those at, at shows um, for the you know un, until I come out with a new art book. Oh, um, very but nice. I, I, I actually did my uh, uh, my uh, I had my first um, short story in Famous Monsters of Filmland um, anthology uh, Tales from the Acker Mansion with a, a short story that was written by uh, Travis Williams. And uh, he was a great writer to work with because uh, we we spitballed story ideas around, and he wrote the, the the structure of it, and was really receptive to all my ideas. And I always, whenever somebody has a story, I always end up throwing way more ideas, I think, than anybody would ever want from an artist. <laughs> uh, Better to have too much than not was, enough. He was really great with all of my ideas, and and we, you know, he, he was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. We'll we'll figure out that, and uh, uh, it, it was really cool. And the book looks beautiful, and uh, the family sponsors people have been fantastic to to be a part of that that family. Uh, I'm going to be at the Famous Monsters um, convention Dallas next weekend, um, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Uh, uh, and and they're they're great. I'll, I'll I'll be hopefully part of that uh, 
that thing for a while was as long as they'll have me well, very <laughs> putting, cool. putting up. i was going to ask um, if you uh, get out to the conventions but it sounds like you sure do i i i am all over as many conventions as i can uh i did uh c2e2 was my last one um, i'm trying to think of if i missed one between now and then uh free comic book day uh actually and i did a a, a variant cover for uh, uh, the book uh, Voracious, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No, uh, but that one is a lot of fun. It's uh, which actually, yeah. And so, of course, I, I have like two books now that I can think of. Now that we're out of the comic book, the the, the vault segment. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, Voracious is is great, uh, and um, uh, the uh, Marcus on uh, I I met him through. Uh, the the local Chicago uh, comic creator scene, and uh, he gets out there and uh, is uh, does signings, and I, I went to a lot of his signings. Um, I picked up the book; it's it's great. It's a it's about a time traveling chef who uh, gets dinosaurs and cooks them in his restaurant in the present. Uh, and you know, like the, the it's a really fun concept, and they have. Uh, um, uh, uh, in, uh, recipes in the back of the book, uh, and they they tell you like meat substitutes for them, and they have um, uh, it's 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 a fun book. And when he asked if I wanted to do a variant uh, uh, cover for issue four of the new story arc, I was like, great, that's that's fan, that's awesome. I'd love to do one. And so issue four uh, came out uh, uh, about a month ago. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it's still available to order. Uh, or if you see me at a convention, I will more than likely have one or two. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. Yeah. You, you, you think about dinosaurs, but you never thought about what they taste like. That was actually my plan. Right. If this podcast kind of fizzles out, I was going to open up a... What did dinosaurs <laughs> taste Dino like podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear that show. How many Please seasons can we extend that into? <laughs> Imagine it'd be like Gator, kind of tough. Yeah. Most, it's good. like chickeny, but just tougher. If you dipped your dinosaur in honey mustard, it would be delicious. Oh, let me tell you. Everything's good in honey mustard. You got that right. I often find myself wondering what different monsters from movies and games and stuff would taste like. Really? Yeah. Like the elites from Halo. I'm thinking like all the best parts of chicken and fish. They'd have like that soft flakiness. (laughs) <laughs> but that kind of poultry flavor. You've got to be that kid that when you were younger, like I think every... they'd be really tough. I mean, they're all like just muscly, like the tendon. Yeah, yeah, like on the yeah. outside. But there's got to be like a. I'm thinking like, like the a chewy center. Meat. Exactly. Yeah. The soft breasts. Of yeah, I want to yeah. get to your nougat. The sweetbreads or whatever they're called. <laughs> You're the kid that had to put absolutely not everything in his mouth. Eat. Aren't you? Still do, man. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Stay away from me. Objects, <laughs> not people. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, Jonathan, I see uh, there's an ex- a link on your website over to, let me see here. It looks like mkt.com uh, forward slash Lamantia, where people can actually buy uh, prints and copies of the book. Uh, yep, and I really do need to update my shop. So hopefully, by the time this airs, uh, that will be completely accurate. <laughs> There we go. Lighting um, a fire under your ass on that one. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> as soon as I got done with C2E2, I then needed to wrap up a bunch of projects and then come to Boston. Um, but, uh, yep, yeah, you can uh, you can purchase prints uh, and books on my website and commissions. I do mail order commissions as well. Um, uh, actually, uh, Evan, the uh, the gentleman that uh, set up uh, got me word of uh, this uh, podcast, uh, got a commission yeah. from me. As well. Oh, really? Uh, I can see why, man. These are really awesome. These are amazing. Thank you. Well, no, I want to thank uh, you for uh, being on the show with us here. Now, I have, again, JonathanLamantia.com, and on Twitter, I have you at JL Comics. Where else can people check you out? So, uh, I'm, I usually do cross posting uh, to Twitter for my Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I'm just JonathanLamantia. Um, and Instagram and Twitter probably and my website has always got the links. Uh, Instagram's probably the best way to go to find me. You can also find me on Tumblr, which is again cross posted from Instagram. Um, but uh, and then uh, if you if you look me up on Facebook, uh, uh, I'm the Jonathan Lamantia. That's usually got a crazy profile picture. I'm the one that's not or the doctor. Okay, <laughs> 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 apparently. 
Awesome. Um, we'll make sure we link but, you and not the doctor on our websites <laughs> and on Twitter when we're uh, helping push the word. If I could uh, drop a, a quick uh, plug for my buddy's book, uh, who I did do the uh, uh, I cut a, a trailer for his book uh, Zone Lords. Um, and uh, I do have to link that on my website too, but I, I, I posted an Instagram video um, a couple of days ago. And Zone Lords is a book that was a lot of fun. I was uh, uh, lucky to be part of the pre-pre-production art process on that. And he's been, uh, uh, Ryan has been working on this book for a really long time. And he got a great artist um, to do the, the series art on it, who I will also do the solid of not trying to pronounce a name because I will butcher it. <laughs> But he's an amazing artist, and Zone Lords is a lot of fun, and it was great to be able to edit the trailer because I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Dance with the Dead, the the synth uh, wave band. I am, actually, yeah. They did a track for it. Uh, it was one of those things, like, uh, Ryan told me that he's got a he's got a Dance with the Dead track for this comic book. <laughs> I was like, really? That's pretty cool, uh, right at the start there. Like, it's great. I love those guys. And so I got to cut a trailer for a comic book using uh, a song that they did. And it's awesome. a great song and it's a great book. And it's cool because, uh, I mean, it's really tough kind of getting indie comics out there in the public eye. And I'm, I used to work at a comic shop. And mm, it's, cool. it's like trying to do the hand sell to people if you're not actually in front of them is <laughs> difficult so right of course uh you know, remember it at the very end of the show uh so it's <laughs> but uh i'll put that on my website as well as my uh, my other stuff but uh zone lords oh, you can find it uh awe and the abyss.com uh and it's uh it's really good uh really fun book uh which uh check out uh, uh, so uh, I got pinups in Prince Ploitation uh, 3 that's coming out uh, uh, from Scott R. Miller uh, at Cake uh, and a pinup which will be in the new uh, a new issue of Curse Words from Ryan Brown. Thanks to Ryan for having me do one of those. At some point it'll show up. Curse Words is a lot of fun too if you're not reading that. Uh, and uh, Enzo I uh, uh, can't pronounce uh, or find a last name but gut ghost and uh he's gonna uh gut ghost uh new zine coming up uh, which i will have a pin up enzo garza uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> gut ghost is a really fun character too and it's 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 awesome and it's in the heavy metal right now running a serialized and it's uh it's cool and uh, he's he let me do a, a pin up for that and i'm working on that now so I think that's all. I'm doing a lot of pinups right now. So I, I would say it sounds like you're busy. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, again, make sure all that stuff gets uh, spread the word. Yeah. Spread oh, oh, out. And... Oh God. The thing art book is coming out in July. That's the thing I actually wanted to remember to mention, and I didn't. But the thing is also a monster. That the whole thing. I'm the worst guest that you've ever had. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, fine. <laughs> Uh, but the thing art book is coming out in July and coming out the, at, in San Diego, and I'll be down there. And uh, I'm really happy and excited for that piece to finally get shown because they finished it up at the beginning of the year, and it's been under wraps for months now. Uh, and so uh, that's going to be in the the thing art book uh, from Printed in Blood, uh, and I'll I'll have that on my website too. And the Printed in Blood guys have been really great. Uh, and uh, yep, that's all. I swear. Awesome. <laughs> awesome man love the thing well very cool very cool lots of things that we're going to be pushing out there indeed awesome Jonathan thanks again so much for being with us today man oh thank you thanks very much for having me Jack what do we have on the website go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights guest info listen to the show follow us on all our social media check out just a taste of our YouTube page uh, see our special guest page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your contacts page. 
And for you diehard fans who sat here through the entire thing to hear me say this a second time, first off, good on you. Second, follow us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Check us out on iTunes as well. Throw a review our way. It's mm-hmm. super helpful. Um, keeps us visible. Makes us a lot easier to find. It costs you nothing, and it's very much appreciated. And I tell you what, we plug a lot of stuff, selling you shirts, like on our Society6 backslash Podcast page. But we really love what we do, and we appreciate the people continue to listen to it so if you feel like giving us a review something to that effect believe us it is much appreciated much appreciated indeed and uh, like jake said uh moich go get those t-shirts go get those pillows go get those shower curtains people the shower curtains leaving soon yeah Yeah. for a limited limited time time only and i think (laughs) it's worth mentioning the the quality level of the t-shirts you get on society it's not like you go to like Oh, God, Hot Topic or something, you know, yeah. and they're like paper mache. They're right. so absolutely micron thin. Mm-hmm. You sneeze and it falls off. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get <laughs> caught in your belt buckle and tear day one. We got to put Burn Burn Hot Topic in now. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. Society6.com forward slash canned air pod. Did I say backslash? It's forward slash, isn't it? It's forward slash. I said backslash. Uh, we'll we'll flog you. Just gonna, you know what? Cut, cut this into the part where I said at the beginning, forward. When I say backslash, yeah, they'll get the idea. They'll get the idea. I'm sure forward, we have a slash. lot of bright listeners, a lot of bright. Fans, That's true. So I think we've got if the best fans in the world. They can figure out a forward and backslash situation. There's always Google too. So true. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. Jonathan Lamantia. Thanks for listening, everyone. you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall but i don't wanna what are you chicken hold on there boys wow it's flint instead of writing your name write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word well that's a great idea now we know and knowing is half the battle gi But man, what? Fear <laughs> fucking growth. I'm sorry for that. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.